Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome, podcastians, to the Nerdist Podcast, episode Number 200. What? Oh my god. Has it been 200 episodes? Since three awkward, nerdy dorks got together and started talking into a microphone? I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Everyone's been saying like, oh, this is, what are you going to do for the 200th? Uh, you know, we're doing something over at the Nerdist Newsletter on Nerdist.com. Um, but then I thought, oh, maybe I should have done something for... Maybe it should be the 128th episode and the 256th episode and then the 512th episode. <laughs> we would just do it that way. But we do. It's our it's our 200th episode. And I just cannot thank you enough for letting us do this. And and the fact that you listen makes it possible for us to do this. And and your support um, has been overwhelming. And, uh, and, and we love it. We still love doing the podcast. We're going to keep making them as long as it's fun. And it's still really fun. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you. I would jump through your earphones and give you hugs, uh, but that would be impossible, and were it possible, I, that would explode your eardrums, and so I take that back. But I uh, instead will uh, watch you while you're sleeping. <laughs> and, is that creepy, Katie? <laughs> Katie? Katie thinks that's creepy. <laughs> well, I won't do anything. I'll just watch. What's wrong with that, Katie? It'll be like, I'll be like the Santa Claus of sleep. I'll just go around and watch everyone sleep. It is? Damn it. Uh, all right. I won't watch you sleep. Hey, Nerdist Podcast Live is coming to Boston, Massachusetts, May 4th. May the 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. We will be at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Myself, Jonah Ray, Matt Myra. So please come out. Uh, there are a few tickets still available. If you go to Nerdist.com slash calendar, you can click on the link there and get those tickets. Come out. We'll do the show. Come out afterwards and say hello to everyone. I finally get to meet a lot of Matt Myra's uh, friends that I've heard about all these years. And uh, it's going to be a really fun show. So please, please, please come out to that. Also, Stamps.com is our sponsor for this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. It is damned easy and convenient to use Stamps.com. You can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer or someone else's if you want to. You can use any computer if you have an account. You're not going to have to drop what you're doing just to go to the post office. It won't, it won't disrupt your workflow in a horrible way. Print out postage for any letter or package within seconds right from your desk 24-7. The post office may be closed, people, but Stamps.com is always open because the internet never closes. It's not like old television where they're just going to run the color bars in the middle of the night. The internet is always available to you. 
And right now, Stamps.com is a special offer for Nerdist listeners. Use the promo code NERDIST to get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. And now this episode, our special 200th episode, um, it's our friend Kevin Smith is back. Kevin Smith has come back on the podcast. Uh, we had a great time with him last year uh, at Smodcastle, and he's uh, he's been a really good he's been a really good friend to the Nerdist community. Uh, he's been on Talking Dead a couple times. Uh, he's uh, he did a show up at uh, up at SF Sketchfest. He's a real pioneer uh, in the field of figuring out how to take the podcast kind of out. Out of the uh, out of the iPod, I know it's you're probably not even listening to this on an iPod, uh, but if you are, I just don't know what else to call it. He's taken it out of the out of the smartphone device and brought podcasting into the real world, uh, and it's been really fun to to watch. And he just the guy couldn't be nicer or cooler, and we love having him on. So here we go, the Nerdist Podcast number two hundred, Katie, two hundred. 200. Yeah. Why don't you seem that excited? I'm excited. Really? Because it yeah. doesn't seem like you're that excited. I'm really excited. Well, now it sounds Woo! like you're forced. Ex- that's forced. Yes. I, you know what I just did? I audience warmed you up. That's the, come on, you can do better than that, Katie. Except as an audience person of one. What, do you mean a fucking t-shirt cannon to fire at you? To rile you up? Nerds Podcast episode number 200 with Kevin Smith. It's too late. <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. vacation come out and bring your wife my wife's like, so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how to do it the, yeah the international film festival that was like a that was a big they deal is really well and they yeah there. they're pretty sweet yeah it's uh that's how i got to see uh battle royale when it first came out it's because it this it premiered the there just popped up on my radar i'm, I'm not a good geek because i don't cover everything in the world and and somebody brought this up we were talking about it where on smodcast we were just i listened to the last smodcast, one yeah, yeah. But did he bring it up did Mosier go yeah, what did I say Battle Royale? I think you said uh, what's somebody this Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, said yeah. Something about Battle Royale. I'm fucking. That was probably just because the Hunger Games, which is yeah, white, yeah. white Battle Royale. Or you Hunger could say uh, Battle Royale is Asian Running Man. Right. I said, I, I called it. it Logan's Running Man. Logan's Running Man. <laughs> the, the one I saw on Twitter a lot was uh, Battle Royale with Cheese. Oh, that was a great, yeah. <laughs> that was, I saw that as a meme. Like, yeah, uh, like, that was what, the one what I you saw. Call Hunger Games. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Smith is on our podcast right now. Hello, folks. How Dude. Are How are you guys? Good. Do you want a chair? You got no, a chair I'm for a you there? You got a bottle? I, when I sit, the gut. Turns into Quado. Oh, I got over it. I know you, but, but you're better. Open Matt, your you mind, wear, you Mr. Wear Smith. It better than me, and and I I I, I can't. I'm you still give me not a hockey place. jersey, I will look just like you. I know, I know. But you, you still plaid, wear better Kevin. than me. You got to get into plaid. I can't do it. I that's this whole fucking thing, man. I can't steal that. We can curse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Please. 
Open no, no, because Vader Pussy is when we stopped doing yeah, yeah. I thought that was just in my place. And you guys were like, oh my God, uh, we, yeah. could, we could curse here. Yeah. Out from under the like rolling uncle. thumb of hardwoods. Like, no cursing, yeah. bitch. At Uncle Kevin's house, he lets us swear and he devil dogs. <laughs> oh, well, maybe you should just go move in with <laughs> Uncle Kevin. Maybe he'll pay for your guitar lessons. Maybe I will. You guys got to listen to your father. He's a good guy. <laughs> uncle <laughs> Kevin has boxes of water. That dude, oh my God, it's so sad. That dude just wrote me an email recently going, hey, man, uh, when uh, I know you guys shuttered the castle because we like moved yeah, up to yeah. Lovitz. He's going, but I bought a fridge for you guys to vend water, and that was like 600 bucks. Can I have that shit back? And it's been sitting like up at the Lovitz just in storage. Uh, like, uh, and geez. meanwhile, the dude, the, the tenor of his email indicated the frustration of like sixth month. Why can't yeah. I get this fridge back? <laughs> and it's sitting in a fucking closet, like heartbreakingly. I just yeah. said, Jordan, isn't this that fridge? And she was like, Yeah, boom, it got taken care of. But that boxed water, man. <laughs> you should have yeah. seen how like you stretch it out, just be like, I really need it in that closet. Yeah. I was I'm like, Look, sorry. here's the thing. My mother's dying. And <laughs> <laughs> we put her medicine in that closet. Yeah. That I should have came to you sooner. <laughs> it's mean, like when they when the Simpsons move and you only live when you only move twice when he goes to work for Hank Scorpio. Yeah. And Flanders is like, uh, Homer, are you gonna need any of those things that you borrowed from me? And there's like a bathtub that says Flanders on it. He looks at it and goes, Yes. Flanders <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say anything. He goes, Oakley Dokley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got an anonymous tip from a neighborino. That, uh, Just saw that. That what have you guys trip. been up to? I know what you've been up to. You're all conquering the fucking television. No, world. me? No, 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 no. I, you I, and I, sir, side by side, podcasters. <laughs> fucking podcasters <laughs> unite. Podcasters uh, who are like, we're on TV now. You were on a couple of episodes of Talking Dead, and thank you very much for so doing that. That's a, I love that show. I went out into the world preaching the gospel of that show, and other people were like, they do it on Bravo, dick. And I was like, well, I don't watch Bravo, motherfucker. But the <laughs> idea of watching a show... And then right after the show's done, you're like, hey, man, let's talk about the show we just watched. Because that's what you're going to do with your friends anyway. Yeah, I love it, yeah. dude. That's so. what they did in sports for fucking years, over in athletics with those dudes. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, would watch a, they, they don't even wait till the end of the game. They sit there in the middle of the game, and they're just like, well, let's just talk about something that just Oh, we should, we should break in during Walking Dead. What do you think Rick's going to do now? The commercial yeah, break. Time. Wouldn't well, that be amazing to come to you guys at the, at the break, and you're mm. just like... Oh my God, yeah. that face. Well, it's it looks like Herschel's going some through some real issues here with killing the walkers, but I really think he's going to work through these things, Chris. If he becomes a zombie, we've determined that his name would be Herschel Walker. <laughs> that, that was the joke. That was, that was the joke that we got. Um, uh, yeah, man, you could totally, you could do it like Lovitz in those old SNL sketches where the, the tales of ah. ribaldry and they come back and they're like, just have that face on when they come back. Did Shane just drop to the ground? No. Yeah, so uh, I've been working on stuff. I've been launching this YouTube channel. You're working on your podcast. Explain network. that. Explain the YouTube channel. For I mean, everyone listening to this, of course, knows, but explain it to me. It so was I basically. Copy it. It was, it was, I've already. <laughs> listen, I invite you to do that. I've already copied you. You know, you Smodcastle was you the inspiration for Nerd Melt Theater. You were very sweet. He wrote. A, he wrote a blog at one point where he's like, "I'm not gonna lie, I saw this. And I wanted it. It's a great. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. And really so, uh, and so, so yeah, explain no, the, the channel. The, what's the who? Who's behind it? Did you go into Google and go like, "Give me some of that money"? Was that well, what? Well, you, well, YouTube uh, gave allocations to yes. a series of people across, you know, what you would refer to as a series of verticals like right. sports, music, dance, whatever. And then there were, you know, there are a handful of geek dance, pop culture sites. <laughs> I'm doing electronica. Um, <laughs> yeah, He's got on. all the original Fly Girls from In Living Color. It's yep. real good. <laughs> I just love to scratch. <laughs> Rosie Perez is I love back. to scratch yeah, yeah, DJ. Yeah, yeah. J Lo and Rosie Perez. <laughs> yeah. 
But they both have moments where in the middle of the dance, they have to stop and do a scene about like being abused by a husband. <laughs> yeah. like, you know how yeah. hard it is? Yeah. Oh, oh, Trupa. Man, that was what she loved. Never mind, Jennifer Lopez. You can take that role, <laughs> yeah. sir. You just nailed it out the park. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. All you have to do is eventually get to, I've had enough. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. and it's, if, it's, I get, if I get to that point, I tell you guys, I'll be made in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, we've we've wow. opened a series, we've opened a series of grown, uh, socially conscious fly abuse shelters. Uh, um, so that's that's part of that, too. Took it to a dark wow. I, I did. Don't even I did. Quick, tell us about the channel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make people happy again. What is it? What are you guys doing? But, who, uh, so who did you sugar daddy with? Who's we partnered with the Jim Henson Company and Broadway Video, and so they got some of that sweet money. They got a little bit. Well, to make programming, I mean, and all the money's going like, into we programming. Know fucking, we know an audience. We can talk to an audience. <laughs> so yeah, so we, you know, like we got, we we're making shows with like Weird Al and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Neil Patrick Harris and me and bunch bunch of people and 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 but not just famous people, but also also people who like. One of our podcast, a couple of our podcasts are becoming video shows, like right. Comic Book Club and the Indoor Kids for video games. And I mean, that's the thing. So, Harry so Knowles is going to have one. Yeah, oh, Harry Knowles. Ain't Cool Knowles News now. is going to be. A- um, that's they're so easy to shoot. Like this now in this day and age, this is a this is a show. Like literally, you throw four cameras or even one camera, just keep doing this. You throw that up, and you got a show. As well. It is interesting where it, it's. You, we kind of show. That's we, what we've been doing for years. We build yeah. up this idea in our heads, like, oh no, no, a show is a thing, and you're like, yeah. well. Actually, it's really no. not that hard. When you look at the talk, oh, Talking Dead, and this is and I, this is not like a slam. This is high praise. It is simplicity defined because it's literally people sitting around having a conversation. Yeah, chat it's, like a slam. Like it's, a slam. it's a fucking chat show, but yeah. one that's specialized. For years, you watch chat shows where it's like these all these fuckers are old. They're all gonna die, and they've all had more pussy than I'll ever see in my fucking life. <laughs> I'm not identify with any of these people. Then they have chat shows now that are more specialized, dialed in, where it's just like all we talk about here. Is that show that just happened? It about makes zombies. it makes sense. I think you know, it, rather than launching a a talk show that's just quote unquote comedy, like having something to talk about. Absolutely. You know, like John, like John, John Stewart always said about the Daily Show. Like in any shows that he produced, I you know his producing partner said, yeah, John always says, what is the show ultimately about? Right. And that's really what what drives the content of the show. And it really makes it so much easier when you know what you're. What your kind of general area of topic is? Well, you is. see, that's only something that comes about with the 21st century media. Old old story would have been, don't. What do you mean? Talk about just that one thing? You're out of your mind. You got to go broad to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. And in this day and age, it's all about micromanaging small pockets. It's no longer like cast a wide net because that's expensive, and only people with huge pockets, like Warner Brothers, Marvel, Disney, they're casting wide nets when sure. it comes to Avengers Dark Knight. But you can't do that for everything. You can't do that for a talk show that specializes in something very specifically. But you don't have to cast the wide net. You just prey upon the people who are into that right there. It sounds vicious, but it's kind of true. You just be like, here's the show for you. It's totally specialized. We're not going to appeal to anybody else. We're not bringing in guests. Like, Charo ain't going to be on this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I want Charo. Oh, unless she's Gucci, like in an episode of The Walking Dead. And she would Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> Blew her head off. Did she lose her leg? No. no. You're thinking of Zsa Zsa The other Snapple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's kind of nifty, man. At this point, you don't need stuff like that. You can literally just have people sitting around chit-chat. And as long as the subject matter is interesting enough... You can home grow a good enough audience to stay on TV. Like when we did that Clerks cartoon, like fucking ten years ago plus. I love that thing. Thank you. Yeah, they, I always put a pause just for somebody to no, say that. I did. So uh, I love the did. truck for that to drive right there. <laughs> See, when we did it, man, it was like we had what was the rating? It was like a seven share or something fucking ridiculous. Where today 
in this day and age, somebody would be like, I'd suck a dick for seven years. Right. But when we had it, ABC was just like, well, sorry, guys. We'll give you two runs. <laughs> Swing <laughs> and, and a miss. Totally. Uh, and now even ABC knows how to, like, program to a specialty market. They'd probably let something like that sit on in this climate because there's far too much competition. Oh, like what what are thought of as the most successful shows, like some of the more popular shows, not successful, but some of the more po popular shows on television mm. that have just sort of penetrated culturally. The, the numbers really aren't phenomenal on those shows. This, we, we run the risk of cutting our own throats even talking about our corporate masters in this case, but perfect example is Mad Men. Mad Men just debuted the other night. Did 3.5 million viewers or whatever. Yeah. That to me is huge. Huge for a show about fucking 1968. Yeah. Where really nobody's that likable and they're all pricks. And when you're watching it, you're like, oh, yeah. the good thing about this, all these people are dead now. You know? <laughs> all of this evil has stopped. Yeah. He stopped. I do so think about this should be called Everyone's the Worst. <laughs> I know. Or the moment we all became bad. That's yeah. kind of what yeah. the show's about. But for that number, that, that's an impressive number, especially when you consider how long they've built up to that figure. Yeah. But that number on like, ABC, NBC, they'd have canceled it so long ago. Yeah. But now, at like an AMC could go like, hey, man, we can work with that number. That number's gold, man, because yeah. it leads to this. You and I, particularly in this instance, owe a lot to that show because they paved the way for like, without Mad Men, there's no Breaking Bad without Breaking Bad. There's no Killing without Killing. There's no Walking Dead without Walking Dead. There's no Talking Dead without Walking Dead. Talking Dead, there's no comic book, man. Right. So you and I got to find Matt Weiner and just be like, no, <laughs> in some way, man. He opened up some fucking doors. But that, those numbers, you don't have to have, like, the, the last episode of MASH, man, 30 billion people tuned right. in. Now you can literally, on comic book, man, we delivered at one point, there was 1.4 million people watching an episode, third episode. And I was like, sorry, guys, like, 1.4 for the budget of this show, for what we're pulling in and advertising? We love it. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, right on. And then the next week we went up, the next week went up after that. So... It'll find, water finds its level, and that audience will kind of seek it out, man. Just the way people seek out talking. I always thought they should have put Talking Dead right after Walking Dead. I think they might do that next Well, year. we did that on the season finale. On the finale. And it was... It was uh, Gargantuan, It was good. It? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, we got to... You guys always pulled strong numbers. That was the, when, I, when I went in to talk about comic book, man, I was talking to Stellarman and whatnot. He's like, look, man... Talk of Dead plays an hour after Walk of Dead first plays, and they're pulling in like a million people. That was in season one. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, that's astounding, man. He's like, imagine if we just butted it up against, which I always thought it should be. It should be like Walk of Dead and then immediately get into the talk like they did in episode yeah. six. I well, think they'll do that next year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I up, I'm, up, I'm up for whatever. Up, if they wind up going to season two with us, I imagine my prediction is the lineup would be comic book men will drop to a 30-minute and it'll go Walk a Dead, Talk a Dead, Comic Book Man. That's a good lineup. I, I would. I watch. I'm already watching. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no. There's that it's show's all win. That show's been such a dream job for me. I just fucking love it so much. Isn't it? It opens up doors. I would do it, but I would. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say. We can open up doors now. Tell them about Phoebe. Phoebe, Four Eyes and Beard, number two in comedy right now. Is of course it, it is. Number exactly. nine overall. Holy shit. The only That's thing holding us back from number one is this fucking show. Is that <laughs> it? Yes, <laughs> it, it, it down, the, man. The, the, the co-branding co of uh, Smodcast Network and Nerdist where, you know, you, you and Scott have been friends, Scott Mosher have been friends for a while, and you're yeah. like, we want to do a podcast. You know, should we do it on Nerdist? Should we do it on Smodcast? And I was like, well, let's both distribute it. I'm curious to see how that works. You yeah. know, like, there's no I reason still don't that... know how that works. I've been worked, talking it, to Ming about it. I'm like, how is this working? Number two in comedy. Yeah, number nine overall is what it is. It seems to work. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just the thing. Scott and I were like, "Hey, let's let's do another thing where we can all actually talk 
You know, with four eyes and a beard. F E A. Four eyes and a beard. That's four eyes and a beard. Mirror Moj. That's uh, right. Mirror That's what I said to him. And we do Mirror Moj. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? It was easy. Yeah. Yes. Visionary. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. We got a lot of good feedback. I just we didn't even. I don't even want anyone to tell me what they thought of it. Just consume it. That's they what I want. It. They yeah. It. Like he's a good guy to sit next to, isn't he? He really is. He really I've is. I've been sitting next to that dude for the better part of 20 years. And, he's easy on the eyes, too. Oh, it's very easy to look at, which is weird, is weird because you imagine it'd be threatening for, like, somebody <laughs> don't look like, like, Hardwick and Moe's kind of look alike. They're good looking. They get pussy and shit. When you sit opposite we them, do? Like, yeah, you yeah. Oh my, Look when down, you, Chris. Oh, my God. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. Damn vaginas again. <laughs> but it's, the, the, like, Moe's, and I imagine it's the same with Chris, he, he don't make you feel threatened he doesn't yeah. make you feel like like i'm better looking than you and i fucking know the alpha male doesn't quite e- exist there no and but it, it should it that fucking him. beard yes the beard alone even <laughs> without it he's just, when he takes it off he looks like 20 years younger let's all just hope he doesn't become self-aware that's <laughs> the problem my god if all of a sudden one day he's like he's, I have so much power he's, an, favorite, he's an irobot waiting to have i'm Osher. he's waiting to happen my favorite review so far phoebe is like oh so this is what it's like when matt gets to finish a thought or an interesting bit of trivia without jonah telling him to shut up oh, <laughs> so fucking besides the point because you you bring in that those trivia's in the middle of someone else's conversation. <laughs> it does it matter. The point is, it's interesting. Yeah, you guys don't have a guest. It's just the two yeah. of you. Do well, you guys get, have a guest every show? No, we do two guested episodes a week and then one hostful episode where it's just the three of us. So how many episodes do you do a week? Three. Three. That's yeah. why Jay Moore is like, I want to go to more episodes per week. Jay Moore, like last week, was like, I want to go to two episodes a week. I was like, really? Why? He was just like, cause man, like if you have more episodes, you're on the charts more. I'm I'm not a chart guy. It's not that for me. It was more that, um, you know, we've been booking a lot of guests lately because it's hard for me to say no if someone's like, hey, you know, uh, totally. do, do you want Cranston to come on? I'm like, of course. And so, you know, we just have all these episodes banked, and then a lot of them we were holding on to for months. Mm-hmm. And so it was really it was really just a way to clear out our inventory where you, the consumer, wins. <laughs> so out, yeah. we will only do that. We'll only do three a week as long as it is still, we're, as long as we feel like the quality isn't being compromised or, like, I don't want to force three a week. It's right. to the point where I see an episode go up and I go, oh, yeah, I forgot we did that one. Yeah. How far back do you guys record? How far out do you record? Um, I mean, you know, it really just depends on... Like, the, we're not live. When will this go? It dep- Well, this will probably go up pretty quickly. Today it, or this week? No, or it'll probably go up next week or next the week, week after. So you guys are a few days out every time. Sometimes, but we're a couple months out. It just depends on how evergreen the episode is or how much someone needs to promote something. Like, if they come in specifically because they have a book out, that'll go up sooner. Right. You know, so it, it really... <laughs> there's some sort of a weird sloppy matrix in my head, but uh, there's no real... You What's know. your road matrix or metric rather? Do you have a like a figure like okay, this is what we go out for? Like, that's what we had to develop because so many so much road opportunities started coming our way, and I know it's the same for you guys because wherever we go, we always see like you are coming or you've been there. Sure. We're all running the same circles. Most of us podcasters at this point. So for us, we had to figure out you can't just throw it like especially in a show like Jay and Bob Get Old, which was so based on his experience and memory, Jason Muse, you can't just burn it. You can't just suddenly do the show like uh, you got a huge offer to do the show here and you got a tiny offer to do the show here because 
he's he's not like uh, unlimited resources. The, right. The sooner or later, that well will be tapped. <laughs> he's going to run out of memories. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. going to be like, I, I've said everything. I'm out. That's ever <laughs> happened to me. I got so he's going to start reminiscing about like the first few episodes. Remember when <laughs> yeah. I told the story of you were setting up a microphone and somebody mm. pressed record and this and all began. Jay and stuff. Silent Bob get old, gets old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the like, that joke just suddenly made a lot more sense. But uh, it was, it, it's at that point you have to start being more picky and choosy and we had to figure out a math metric to like apply to every show whether it be to Babylon to get all this modcast plus one whichever show has to go out on the road and stuff so we had to figure out the minimum that would go out for it. Did you guys do that yet? No, we didn't because <clears throat> it, it we were we were more in the and we're still in the building process. Yeah, no, you guys and aren't fucking building hardwood. No, we are. are. We still are. Like we're <laughs> I just... know. I'm on the other hill going, oh there they are. We have we have neighbors. I've only just started not losing money on these shows because the way that we were able to convince promoters to book a podcast right. last year was Almost zero guarantee, mm -hmm. and you know we would at a certain point we'd get a percentage of the door, door or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but what you know what's happening is, is it's expensive to get three people to a place. That's right. And you guys put, put, gotta. You yeah. guys have a yeah. And a, so a small army. That you go you into have. these venues and it's like there's a there's a number that costs that it costs just to turn the lights of the venue on. Of course. Then on top of that, you have all your travel expenses. So for the first several for the first several months of doing these shows, I was losing money, but I didn't care because I just felt like, well, we're building a thing, and sooner or later, enough people come out and it'll be okay. And we're literally just starting to get to that point where it's like, yay, I'm not losing money anymore. What did it I, was? It was I, like thousands of dollars a show. It was the same way with you when when I made the trend. We were talking right before we went about the. The podcast thing came about multi-pronged reason, but like one of the reasons, uh, first and foremost, like me and Mosher weren't hanging out anymore and doing this. Yeah. Just sitting around and bullshit and being like, imagine this, or what about this, or making fun of this, or like, hey man, do you watch Godfather and just getting way the fuck into it or something like that? So I said, I, they, they're doing these podcasts, like Ricky Gervais, somebody says has a podcast, and the way it was described to me was, it's like a commentary track without a movie. And I was like... Shit, we can do that. Let's sit down and do it, and we'll put it up once a week. And he was like, well, why do we make it public? And I said, if we make it public, then we'll be dialed into having to do it. There'll be an expectation. People will be like, where's the next one and stuff? Because otherwise, like everything in life, you get a yeah. good idea, you sit down, do it once or twice, and it just kind of drifts away like fucking Frankenstein. Of course. Flow and shit. So I wanted to make sure that it was always, always a very Mary Shelley evocative. I, I wanted to make sure that it was always going to be kind of like something we – had to do like forced playtime or, yep. or something like that. So it came from there. And we, you, if you listen to the early SMODs, he talks about like Mosier will talk. It's like, I could never do this in front of people. I couldn't get on a stage like us in a room together. Totally. But he's like, that's, this is where it ends. And this will never be a business or anything like that. And then I think about a God, maybe it was three years into it. We've been doing it for like three years on and off. We'd take breaks when we did the movies and shit like that. But about three years into it, after like the economic downturn, Mosier was just like, I got to get a job pretty damn quick. And I got to make some money for something. There's something going on with the house. And I was just like, well, you know what we could do, dude? We've, and we've we done Smodcast Live once for charity in Brantford, uh, uh, um, Ontario, um, up for Walter Gretzky Street Hockey Tournament. Wayne Gretzky's dad has a street hockey tournament. We performed it live there. It was like a 1,000 people and shit, and he lit up. He was on fire in front of people. The guy that I'd sat in front of in a, in a room who made me laugh and shit suddenly in front of people took on a different dynamic because you know what it's like. You sit in the room, 
the show has a completely different vibe than when you do it in front of people. Of course. In the room, you can just fucking yeah. roll with the stupidest shit for an hour that you would never do live because people would be like, move on. Or like, this is funny to only you. But it's like, if you might. As, as a group a in unison, they, they all say it at the same time. Totally. But if you, if you stick in that vein for a while, if you mind that vein of comedy, golden shit will happen. You know, but it's just in a live room, you hit this wall of people going, nothing golden's happening right now. And immediately you drop and move to something that will work. So the live shows... Versus the home shows became like two different dynamics, and they were kind of exciting, like but, but separate but equal, like the the Shining book versus the Shining movie, where sure. you're like both good. I'll take them both, man. You know, one doesn't have the hedge animals, but what the fuck? It has Jack Nicholson, <laughs> right? Like one had its benefits over the other. So we'd done it once. I said, let's take it out on tour, man. Like I just come off the bus thing. It was all tied into the fucking Southwest. I wasn't on a plane, so I was like, I'm gonna take a bus to some Q and A's I had. And I was alone on a Q and A bus, and I was like, this is stupid, man. Imagine if I had some friends with me and shit. Like we could go out and podcast maybe. So I asked Mosier because we'd been doing it a bunch, and that was it. It was that, and maybe tell him Steve Dave had just started around that time. So I said, do you want to go out on tour with the podcast? We could probably make like 10, 20 grand if we do like six gigs, seven gigs, do a week out on the road, jump on a bus, drive around and just fucking talk in front of people. And he was like, all right, let's give it a shot. And we booked these gigs very, and mostly small places like punk clubs and shit, sure. like the Peabody in, in Cleveland, mm -hmm. I think it is, and um, in York, Pennsylvania. Like the first list of Smodcast tour dates just reads like, Little House on the Prairie. All these weird places where people left from for a gold rush or something like that. Way out. The only one that's kind of like remotely, ah, was San Francisco. And that one was in a movie theater. And suddenly we were like, yeah, it's possible to do this shit in a fucking movie theater. Suddenly you realized as you sat there, we were doing like two shows a night. And each show, of course, is different. We don't just do one show and repeat yeah. it. So you do a seven and nine of two full two-hour conversations about completely different shit. And you're training like a fucking ninja. Like, yeah. all this time you sit around talking to your friends, it's just like a montage of in Kill Bill. You're just fucking <laughs> learning, and you're backlit with, <laughs> with, with Wope or whatever his name is. Uh, it's, it's you're constantly figuring out what works, what doesn't. Suddenly, you're learning how to have a conversation in front of people. You come from, like, world of comedy and whatnot. Most people stand up there by themselves and face the fucking crowd. Suddenly, like, you don't have to stand there by yourself. You don't even have to stand. You can fucking sit there and talk to somebody else. And that fucking counts. And it was exciting. I could never do stand-up comedy. I don't have enough confidence to stand up for a mic. Did it once. Went to Rascals in, like, New Jersey when I was about 19, 20. I had an open mic night. Didn't even tell my fucking friends because I knew they'd be like, you're fucking gay, you know, <laughs> for dreaming. So I, <laughs> so I never wanted to share that with them. So I just went by myself and shit that and tried and I was so terrified. Like, I was like, I can't deal. I'm a fat man. I can't deal with this kind of rejection on a regular basis. Like, some shit got to laugh, some shit doesn't. So I was like, this ain't my way. This will never be my fucking path. So when the film shit happened and Harvey Weinstein said, go out and talk in front of the movies, suddenly I got to go stand in front of the movies and do a de facto stand up without the risk of, all right, fucking make us laugh. Because people aren't there to laugh. They're generally there to watch a film. So if they're there to hear a Q&A that's austere and fucking, this is what I saw in the vision and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly you're the guy that's like, that cat, we got him to shit on cue by keeping him off camera for two fucking days. Wouldn't let him poop. You know, and people are like, oh, this is fucking funnier than the fucking staid Q&A about the Nicole Kidman movie. So suddenly you start building on that. And I've been doing that for years, and now I've been standing by myself, and now I got to sat there, sit there with Moj and just have a funny conversation. And 
rather than be the dude he was afraid of where he'd like clam up i could never talk in front of people he just fucking turned turned it on man he just he became a different beast altogether fed off the audience it was amazing sitting with somebody you've known your whole life and suddenly you find that they got a fire in their belly that they didn't even know and they'd never cop to but suddenly they're like you got it bitch you got it too man you think it's me but it's you and it was wonderful so we did that tour and at the end of it I, I had told him, we'll make 10 to 20 grand. So I wanted to make sure he made 10 grand. Yeah. And my, Moj made 10 grand in those five days. <laughs> Smith did not make 10 grand. Not at all. And my, my financial person was like, you can't do this business anymore. And I was like, you're wrong. I was like, this is, we had to do this. We have to come in, you know, on bended knee and hand out and hat in hand and shit and do it in, as inexpensively as possible and kind of build it because the next time it's going to be way easier to watch. And the next round of shows, man, we're able to juice up the price because word gets out immediately like, this show's fucking tight, man. Like, you go and spend two hours and you will fucking laugh and blah, blah, blah. So the word gets out within the clubs. You know that, man. If you're in a place that's remotely franchised, they start talking to one another going like, come here, bring that thing here. We yeah. don't know what it is. Just like you said, man, you spend all that time going, it's a live podcast. Like, what's that? And you're like, it's, no different, man. I wish I'd never said live podcast. Just said it's a comedy show. Well, because yeah. I mean, I think it helps though to to sort of let people know what it is because I've I found that you know when I, when I was touring a lot alone, I was like, well, why am I not touring the podcast? We're all stand ups. We can do stand up at the beginning of the show. Then we can do a panel afterwards. Right. You know, I go do our roundtable chat and then answer questions. And so it's it just seems like it's a little bit more motivating than for people to go. I'm going to leave my house to go see a guy. Yeah. Like, there are some guys, you know, like, people will leave their house to go see Louis C.K., you know, uh, there's a handful Carlin of people. back in the day. Yes, of course. Rock or something Absolutely. like Absolutely. But, but to just be a guy doing comedy is, like, it's not quite motivating enough unless you're in that upper tier. Did you do it? Did you hardcore? Did all of you guys still do it, right? Do you do stand-up stand up, solo? Yeah. Do you no. do stand-up solo? Yeah, for a while. Do you yeah. do solo anymore? I or do. did you back in the day? I did. I toured pretty hardcore for a while. I mean, just, you know, like... Just before you went, hey, man, Nerdist. Like, when did you yeah. go, hey, Nerdist? Um, it wasn't until it, the, the idea of touring the podcast wasn't and didn't happen until like last year. Well, I just mean in general when oh. you were just like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and talk to these dudes every week. I'm gonna start this." Oh, that was February of 2010. January, January. Well, it, we, our first started, episode yeah. went up in February, yeah. But in January of 2010, I called them and said, "Let's do a podcast." Because I'm tired of having the entertainment business have its foot in my nuts. Well, we, just, point, we just worked on a pilot that like had a lot of promise. Yeah, what was it, it? What was it? It was a pilot. They were going to redo. Um, the E Channel was going to redo the Daily Ten, but make it more editorial. Like they wanted to add like an Oberman style right. vibe to it and make it funny and editorial rather than just sort of regurgitating the stuff from E News. And that was really that was kind of outside the sphere of things that I was really into but i was like you know what though the money's amazing and i'll be on tv every day and it'll help people get come out to shows which is really what i want i just that was the aim. i just need people to come out to see shows so maybe if i can be funny on this show every day i can convince people you know like i can i can per, i can hammer them enough to come and see me the shows and then at the last minute you know after like five months of working on the pilot and redoing it and make giving the network what they wanted they decided not to do the show and so like i two days i was upset because uh, I just saw this whole opportunity, just like, well, what am I gonna do now? Crumbling, yeah. So we I just invested our time, and yeah. Shit. yeah. And so I just called these guys, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm done. Let's do a podcast. I'm tired of waiting for a network to tell me that I can be on television or do a thing. I'm just gonna fucking do this. If it does nothing else but just make me have fun once a week, 
then it's worth it because it'll put me in a better headspace for and everything else. then I responded else. with, I'm sorry, who's this? <laughs> Jonah, it's Chris. Oh, from work. Okay. No, Jonah, we've been friends for like 10 from, years. From friend work? I bought you your first beer. Ah, yes, you did. Well, my first legal beer. Your first legal beer yeah, yeah. when Jonah I turned have 21. Heard podcast. I just would have heard, hey, friends, together, free. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that call. The call you want is, hey, friends, together, sick money. Sick crazy. Money. Crazy money. Do That's you what, remember those calls don't when come you guys in, sat was... down? Do you remember? Where were you for the first one? Tom, Tom Lennon's, Lennon's house. house. It was Super Bowl Sunday. It could not, but none of none of us watched you football. Say, like, who was Tom Lennon? Tom, Tom Lennon, Lennon from Reno, 911. Tom. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so Tom... We went to Tom's house, and he has this office in the back. Uh, he has a beautiful craftsman house and a little garage office type thing. And I bought, like, you know, I spent, like, $1,200 buying recording equipment and got all these microphones that we abandoned after a couple months. And, well, they got uh, stolen out of my car. They did get stolen out of your car. And, yeah, we, they, they, we, they were abandoned this by is, You can see, this is the TV yeah. movie is taking shape. Yeah. You can I see it. I already stopped using them, though. I feel like it's a TBS well, TV Welcome movie. to Thief yeah. Cast. That's where those mics ended up. There's some sort, yeah. of, a, there's some sort of a burglar podcast a burglar fucking booming. podcast with a size 54 jeans that I just bought. All right. You don't oh, my God. Anymore. Oh, we're... we're Totally guy's gonna... like, this is the greatest score of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's and the right size Dude, pants. We can narrow this down Richard Kimball style. Just like single yeah, yeah. joint arm, fake arms. We're going to fucking narrow this down. double hipped man. Yes. Two pants. So... Double hipped? <laughs> I saw a double hipped man stealing yeah. the mic. Oh, sure. A double hipped yeah, man right. stole your microphone. How could he even get up the stairs? Yeah. A double hipped man in mm. Los Angeles. You're Boy, out of I, didn't, I didn't steal the pants. <laughs> I don't care. You're a double hipped man. You do security for a lot of the top food Jonah companies. The fucking tunnel scene. That was amazing. <laughs> you summed it up in two lines, man. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, yeah, so we did it at Tom's house and. And you it know, was post Super Bowl. It was during during the Super Bowl. Perfect. And we, you know, we just fucked around and had fun, and it just didn't feel like a real thing because no one was ordering us to do it, and. It you know I think some of the most amazing magical things that happen in life don't feel like anything Ooh. because they mm. feel effortless and so a lot of times you'll finish and go I didn't do anything you're, you're like, not having sex right no shit there's a conclusion to all good things <laughs> what <laughs> it happens it's sticky you're supposed to finish before you get it in right yeah. I loved your I loved your tweet I your, your tweet the other day which almost was a little too inside the Smith household it was like yay it's Tuesday I can I get to have sex <laughs> I've been away for a little while and before I left I, I, at that point I was really gone like two days and before I left like I had the opportunity to fuck and then pass up on it for something like really stupid like Twitter. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> I have to put this tweet up. If I don't put this tweet up about the shows, they want to know about the shows. Now, I'm and curious. Did that, did that tweet make you come or did that not tweet no, not make you come? No, it didn't. It okay. didn't. And she went to sleep and I had to fuck a flashlight. So at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I helped further my empire, but at what a price. <laughs> <laughs> so you do... <laughs> so what, were you just angrily masturbating with a flashlight? Like, I fucking hate you, flashlight. Yeah, Why did we just get like, it? I hate my ambition and drive. I'm going to pour it into this piece of plastic. Uh, I once uh, put a flashlight into some girl's vagina and then just fucked it that way. It's, um, <laughs> She's just so yeah. confused. Yeah, it was very confusing. I put it into another man because that's yeah. totally... It was Because it is a vagina. Yeah, it's a fake vagina. You look man. If you yeah, put yeah. this in um, your ass, it's totally it's not it's There's totally, your loophole. Yeah. The closet at <laughs> homosexuals. There it is. There and then you admit at the end, I cooked out the bottom. Oh, you got me. Now I'm gone. There's your loophole. Now I'm That sure was a flashlight. I never put it in. Oh. 
I, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by the flashlight, but I, I can honestly say I've never actually partaked. Uh, it's dope. Part- <laughs> it's dope. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't even, I don't even work for them anymore. There's a while where they were our first sponsor. Like yeah. at one point, we were some, same thing with, with you. We were thousands of dollars in debt. Years later, I figured out, oh, shit, this is free for everybody but me. Yes. You know, that's what I heard. Like, the podcast would climb the charts. Said, this is amazing. This is awesome. Everyone's getting it free. What a great deal. And then somebody was just like, hey, man, have you looked at the latest bills? You're cresting $10,000, $11,000 a month. And I was like, for what? <laughs> like, server fees. I was like, what's that? And somebody had to explain it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds free. That happened to Corolla, too. He says he said the same thing. He was just like, I got to. Well, he went from radio to the pod thing, and he Launched his pod yeah. week one. Yeah. He had like a ten thousand dollar bill because he just carried his. Yeah, audience he just told from everyone radio. to come on over. Yeah, one, and we slowly got there because in the beginning it was just hey people from the Viewskew message board or Twitter were listening or something like that because I think it was like just when I started getting involved with Twitter, and then slowly it crept up to like a number where suddenly when they handed me a bill like Carol, the woman who runs all the finances in my life. Was just like what? I mean, what's going to cover this? And I was like, I I don't know. Let me think about it. And then I turned to Moses. Flashlights like, to the rescue. Do something. And he was like, <laughs> You know how to make money, don't you? So I figured out. I was like, Let's. I thought back to old TV. An old TV would pick like one sponsor to fucking do the whole thing. And I was like, Let's go after like a Geritol, but not Geritol. I love Lucy's brought to you by Wesson Oil. Yeah. Yeah. On, the Texaco Comedy Hour. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the Texaco Star Theater, man. I was like, you got a big dick like Uncle Milty. We can fucking get some Texaco back in some of that Texas money. So nobody, of course, we were like, who do you go out to? You can't go out to like fucking Wonder Bread. You can't go out to Gerber or something like that because we talk about weird shit. Now, I remember I'd gotten this email. Like baby sandwiches. Yes. You, like, can't, you can't get either of those. You ruined both of those. for kids. Yeah. And people are just like, what are you talking about? In the recent episode, you talked about what if Hitler had a baby and ate Vienna sausages with it. I was like, that's why it's the perfect <laughs> episode for your commercial. Uh, we just lost Wonder Bread. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. So we, we were trying to figure out where to go. I'd gotten this email on Zach and Miri, and this dude was like, hey, man, thanks for the shout-out in the movie. Uh, you know, it, it made, gave us... A big thrill, and we thought it was funny. If you guys want to do a, a branded edition for, you know, when the video comes out, let us know. Love Fleshlight. And, you know, I sent it to the wine seat company. I was like, hey, man, like, they'll make Fleshlights for the video release. And, of course, nobody did anything with it, and it just fucking died in a pile. So years later, when I'm sitting there going, where will we get financing? Who would sponsor the show? I said, what if we reached out to Fleshlight? They seem to like the Zach and Miri thing. Let's, let's hit them up. We hit them up and came up with like a ridiculous, not even like, here's the metrics of how much each episode would cost or something like that. Boy, we doesn't like, that just, just give me a number that'll cover. Doesn't that just distill into regular life? You're, now you're also courting fake vaginas. Yeah. Like it, it, it never ends, man. <laughs> never <laughs> ends. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was eye opening though. And with, and that money really fucking made everything easier. That took care of the, the bills. So you're not paying for bandwidth anymore, are you? You're with because we we're on Libsyn and Libsyn is great. Yeah, they, they're they, great, but they, I mean, you still got to pay for bandwidth. You have to not. pay for bandwidth, just not ten thousand dollars. No, a month. it's not like, ridiculous nothing. like like other places have been. They're very good, and also you can keep your track of shit like way better than you could on other servers. Like keep your metrics. They're pretty much. Design the one we use. You use Wizard Media. Yes, These Libsyn. Yeah. Are just fucking yeah, built. They, if you're a podcaster and you're and you're serious about it, you want to be Libsyn Wizard Media. These yeah, because, are, because they'll, they'll, they'll let you know how many people are downloading, listening, all the important shit you'll need later on for business. And you have to be careful because some of the other, some of the the smaller companies, 
may not be able to sustain right. and you don't want to be in a situation where your podcast host is like, well, uh, we're shutting all of our servers down and you're about to lose everything. Yeah, yeah. everything's gone, guys. So, so the flashlights the fleshlights saved the, the day. The saved the day, man. Suddenly, that was the, uh, the first, like, advertising backing sponsorship deal we had and we threw an arbitrary number out there. We went for, like, well, it's 52 weeks in a year. Let's just say $60,000. That'll cover all the server costs, and it'll cover, like, you know, maybe a little bit extra in terms of, like, we had Ken Plume on the payroll to put them up online and stuff and yeah. mix them when they were done, make sure they didn't sound crappy. So that was that first year with Fleshlight, man. And we put them on everything, you know, put them on the cartoons. We put them on the road show and stuff, mm -hmm. gave them out like crazy. They provided content. We talked about Fleshlights from now until the end of time and not even just to advertise them, just because this feels so fucking good to come and rub her. Like, <laughs> it was just amazing. It was like finding Jesus after being like a, an alcoholic who beats people and killed somebody. Suddenly, like, I found the thing that's my salvation. I'm going to come mm -hmm. in this. I mean, I don't see any reason to not vagify all of our appliances. I agree. Like yeah. the Flesh French or the Flesh Row Wave. <laughs> or the... <there> should be <laughs> What well, my father used to say. How do you measure fleshlight intensity? Is it flesh lumens? Is that how they measure <laughs> fleshlight there intensity? There's a Geiger counter, man. <laughs> when you put it in. I've always been curious about it, but I still I still haven't uh, haven't hopped on the old fleshlight. It's worth it. It started as kind of like let's let's see if they'll advertise for us, and they sent us a box. Let's see if they'll send us a box to. They uh, will, man. Well, they'll there send you, send you boxes. twelve boxes. Yes. Yes. Yay! We nice. went for the same joke. Yep. <laughs> Because it was a lowest common denominator. No, I thought it was a pretty smart uh, vagina joke. <laughs> pretty smart. If there's anything yeah. that sums up the Nerdist podcast, like, no. eh, it's a pretty smart vagina joke. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty the much how our podcast rolls. It's rolled. actually going to be the name of your autobiography at the pretty end of your life. Pretty joke. smart vagina yeah. joke. Pretty smart vagina joke. high school band, man. I think uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, too, if I'm not mistaken, is uh -huh. in your book, Tough Shit. Tough shit, yeah. I talked about that in tough shit. Which I, Matt Myra read, read. And, and loved. I read over. I read in three. I've never read a book that fast. I read it in three it's days. It's pretty easy read, though. Yeah. No, it's I mean, you, you that could be that could be like font. an insult. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, it was a little small. I was outraged with him. I was like, come on, you know how many calories I'm gonna burn trying to read this tiny print? Make it big and easy for me. But Kevin Smith, you're uh, the thing that I enjoy about you is that you sort of have this. I mean, you know, you, you, your personality is like, ah, whatever. We're just fucking around. But it's like. <laughs> That's, yeah, is that how you yeah. see me, Hardwick? No, but, like, but even when you say, whatever, but when you but when you say like, oh, it's just us hanging out, but you have a very like your success is driven by the fact that you have a very specific. I mean, like you you connect ideas and I'm you a reverse mullet, sir. I'm party in the front, all business in the back. <laughs> <laughs> the hair comes down over my eyes, but in the back, I got an MBA. But you figured out all this stuff more than you know. And you got to figure out how to you know play. Like, yeah. that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to work. I fucking worked in the movie business. That was amazing. Like, I got lucky at an early age and shit. And the notion of, like, oh, man, uh, if I stay in just film, diminishing returns, you get hunted down. It's like that fucking line in, in Dark Knight, man, like, where he's just like, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. That, it doesn't matter who you are, dude. You can make the Godfather. And then you make one movie motherfuckers don't like. They're like, he's a piece of shit. Godfather 3. He's the worst yeah. person well, ever. Yeah, they'll come, come after you big time. And I was like, I don't know. That just doesn't foster creativity. Well, the other problem, too, is with film, it's... it's expensive, too. Not only is it expensive, but it's not like you can immediately re release another film to make up for the last one. It's like, oh, it's going to be another two years before yeah, I it's like, oh my God, try to make so up. so much time into that. Yeah. With the podcast, like you, you know it. You do it three times a week. Of the three, one will be your fave, but the other two won't suck. 
They'll well, still be amazing. Well, and it didn't take you nearly the amount of time that would have taken you to do almost any other sort of production. Podcast is the closest musician. thing to stand-up as possible. So when people it, say, well, just in terms of like, you know, the the... The, the how you can craft it however you want and how often you can like when people start out doing stand up and I go just do as many shows a month as possible because if you only do one show a month and it's not good you're gonna sit, think you failed right. but if you do thirty shows some of them will be good some will be bad percentage. yeah but like you know the movie like John Carter that like the second all that shit went down they must have been like eh, do over do over like yeah. you can't now they don't, they don't have any fucking like well if you do this it'll make it better They're like the only thing that's gonna make this better. As if all of America went to see this movie tonight. Like all yeah, of a that's sudden, never going to happen. <laughs> so forget it. John Carter couldn't save Mars. He couldn't save himself. I mean, it's. Did it's, you guys see it? I did not see. It. I did no. not and see that's it. That's the fucking problem. A show called The Nerdist. Yeah. And nobody went to see John Carter. I didn't go see it either. For I me, didn't it's give a fuck. For yeah, me, it's, it's more about. It didn't look 90? like anything. Yeah. 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 It just seems so old timey. For title me, it's sucks. more about uh, the title. The title was weird. It's just like John Carter. Fucking Jimmy Carter's brother, the biopic of the less famous presidential brother. Yeah, like Kumail was like joking around about that. He's like, why didn't you call it like the Mars Civil War or something more interesting? Like giant crazy monsters. Yes. To pick the most boring thing you can out of it. Yeah, Martian exactly. Fuckers from they, space. They don't. They don't call porns like pizza delivery. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. They, they tell you exactly. I went porn shopping the other day. When was the last time you went porn shopping? I I don't. I haven't. I, I mean, shop. You still shop? Fry, I browse Fry's porn section every once in a while. I'll just go Fry's has a porn fries section. Fry's has a fucking porn section. Mm. That's how desperate <laughs> the, like the times are. Where Fry's like we're a family company, but. Here's a flick. No, you just want this will keep your family. Well, they do anything. <laughs> Listen, if you were in a fucking if there was a zombie apocalypse, uh, fries is where you would want to be. They've, they've got, got every like, like the appliances, milk, yeah, fries, uh, USB where, cords. Fries is where station goes to make the good station. robot. Station. Station. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fries is the shit. You walk past the Blu-rays and you see black bars covering DVDs, wow, and it man. says 18, 18 up. So of course I'm gonna. Look. I had no and idea. There's a, there's a comedy show. Store. There's a comedy show at a porn store on uh, Santa Monica, and like that was like the, the pleasure was, chest. Yeah, the pleasure chest. Who uh, does the show there? Um, it's a uh, what's his name. This is embarrassing. Olsberg? Eli Olsberg and yeah. T.J. Miller do it, and then um, and what do they talk sex or are they just talk? No, no, it's like a, just a stand-up show, and, and it's it just really fun. To be, it's a lot place. of fun, and it's like it's just it's great because it's just fodder everywhere, everywhere is like you know look. the whole setting and everything. There's beers and but like it's weird because I was like I don't remember the last time I was in a porn store, and I just kind of like went around as an adult. Now I remember the last time I went to a porn store was when I wasn't allowed to go to a porn store. Right. I was like 17 and I snuck in. I remember I wanted to look like a creep, so I wore a jacket without a, a, and a no shirt underneath it. I was wait, like, that's the thing wanted, that creep wait, you like wanted creep? to look like a creep? Yeah, because I was like, that'll make me look older, like a guy that like, no one always fuck goes. With yeah, no one will fuck with like, the weird guy. Just yeah, wearing, we like, gonna... fucking when Batman went to town for the first time without the cape, and he just puts on the scar and the yeah, sailor yeah. cap and walks <laughs> in and puts his hands in his pockets and shit. You're playing a role, man. And then, yeah, they were, uh, then they were just like, we got a shirtless kid in the in, the, in, <laughs> in fake like, fists. Clearly, there's no chest hair or anything like that. But yeah, we wore a windbreaker with no shirt underneath, and I was like, like looking through so they wouldn't kick wow, me out. Doing a comedy uh, show in a porn store, I imagine it would be akin to like one of those boards on Angry Birds where everything you have to hit is made of glass. Oh, I did. I went shopping for porn. I literally had to look through titles and shit. What do you go tricky. for? What do you go for? It's not what I go for. That's, That's the what thing. The lady I gotta find for. out what she goes for because one time I made the mistake of bringing home like... <laughs> 
fucking spit in the hand, rubbing cock type porn, and she was like, turn this off. And I get yeah. laid for like a month. I was yeah. like, I swear I ain't into that. I didn't yeah, know it was yeah. going to be on the tape. It was a little uh, rough. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Why I is gotta, he pulling her hair? That yeah. seems so disrespectful. Totally. Oh my gosh. She don't go for those shenanigans. So I had to go in, and it's been a while since I looked for porn, bought porn. I mean, I watch everything on fucking line, a little yeah. 10 second clips, get my business done. So I went in there going for like, I said, to, I literally never want help, but I literally was like, I, I've looked everywhere, finally needed help and asked the, the, the woman, I was just like, hi, I'm looking for, I was like, I'm looking for the adult films made by the ladies. And she looks at me like, there they are, because there was a ton. I was like, no, 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 not made with ladies in it. Like, the, I'm sorry. And she's like, what do you mean? Adult Female film? directors. That's what I was trying to express. And she didn't even get the adult film part. And I was just like. The f I'm fuck movie with women. Like, I couldn't spit it out. I was fuck like, with women. Do you have any of those Jane Campion adult films? Yeah. You have something like The Piano, but with dicks in it. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, one more, more dicks. Yeah, just yes. a few more than Harvey. Less Kytel. Harvey Kytel. <laughs> with full I penetration? I figured out what it was. Like, I'm literally trying to express something that I don't think has existed in a while. Because when I worked at a video store, and this is back before Clerks, <laughs> there was a brand of porn made by women for women called Candida Royale. Okay. So I'm sitting there going, hey, man, do you have Candida Royale? And the chick, <laughs> the chick who looks like she's like 20-something was just like, as if I had asked her, like, do you remember that episode of Mork and Mindy when <laughs> Winters was born as the baby? Yeah. And she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I felt old. It made me feel aged. And finally I had to settle on some Andrew Blake stuff as a little classier. She just wants to see like fucking chicks eating pussy. That's it, man. Yeah. No, no, no dudes in there at all. No, she got a dude. She hates dudes. I'm shocked she even married a man. I must be a beard. I'm, I know sooner or later she's gonna come out and be like, I've never liked dudes. I <laughs> love pussy. He's a beard. And I'd be like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I just thought like, your then, dick is a big clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it really yeah. is. Now that, that we're talking like, about I can't it, blame him. can't blame him. <laughs> it really is. A penis is a large clitoris. Yeah. If yeah, you so really stimulated, which I I've started referring to the clitoris as Rowan Atkinson. I said that in an interview because I couldn't say Clinton. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, Mr. Bean. <laughs> like, I, I had to slide, <laughs> slide it in there. Like, let's find Rowan Atkinson. Really Where has meant, he gone? I thought you meant Johnny English. Also works for English. the dudes. Yeah, also sure. works yeah. for the dudes. Also, you can get back in that black, black adder. adder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> black adder. Holy crap. <laughs> and that's a whole separate demographic right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. Rowan <laughs> Atkinson has a title for any sexual thing <laughs> you want to put in someone. Yeah. And you make the same noise when you touch it. <laughs> Three jokes in a row that nobody would have made 10 years ago, 20 years <laughs> no. ago. Nowhere in the world. It's only when you put a microphone in front of enough people that sooner or later it aggregates into <laughs> Rowan Atkinson's Black Adders. Conversations that would have never happened. Yeah. There's got to be some sharks. You know how they always used to say, like, oh, my ears are ringing. Somebody must be talking about me. Everyone's ears must ring constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the amount of podcasting going on, like the amount of time you have to fill, you wind up talking about 86 motherfuckers in a podcast. Do you think shit. there's a bubble? A podcast no, bubble? I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, um, everyone likes to talk. Everyone wants to be heard. This is what I think. Like, people want food, fucking, and to be heard. And the first two are fairly easy to put together. The second, the third one is a lot tougher. Yeah. But now that there's something like this where people can be heard, like, think about it, man. You, we were kids, you'd listen to a radio, watch TV, and that was it. You were a passive participant. Now you can make it. You can literally make radio for yourself. And, and it could turn into something else, like TV, if you're lucky or something. The idea to be able to sit down in front of a mic, share, open up your heart, listen to other motherfuckers, laugh about goofy shit nobody cares about. Put it up and then fucking see reaction to it. Like, nothing makes me happier in life now. Nothing. Maybe coming. But beyond coming, maybe second under that is looking on Twitter and seeing someone just pull lines 
from yeah. the fucking podcast. It makes me feel like fucking a rock star, dude. Like, makes you feel like George Carlin or Richard Pryor. Like, they're literally shouting out lines from a routine you just did the other day. And you know you're never going to remember that routine. Mm-hmm. Because the next day, you're going to do fucking another hour or two of something new. It's an... Incredible, great time to be creative and a great time for anyone to try it out. And in a world where people just want to be heard, this is the best and cheapest fucking way to do it. For yeah. years, I would tell people, like, go make a movie. That costs money, man. This doesn't cost. Everybody got a fucking laptop. Anybody could do this. And we're all interesting little content generators. I mean, it is funny. It was only a matter of time before someone would st- would go, are there, you know, it's like, podcasting is great. Podcasting is great. Are there too many podcasts? And you're like, uh, you know, because we're making a ton. Like, we'll probably have 20 shows on our network by the end of the year. And, uh, but that's like saying, like, is there too, are there too many bands? Like, right. No, because exactly. like, it's, like, it's like there's always going to be yes. a ton of bands, but the ones that are good are going to be heard. Or are there too many movies? It's like, hey, man, yeah. forever, if some guy's fucking Dark Knight Returns, is some guy's Joanna Man or something like that? Yeah, you yeah. need a lot of different. I'm sorry, flavors. you just you just named two really good movies. <laughs> I put them by now. Yeah. Jo- I don't think that analogy works. <laughs> Joanna Man. It's true though. I don't know. I, I don't think there is a bubble. I think sooner or later, some motherfuckers in the media are going to put a cover story on it and shit. Yeah. And so I think a lot of us are like, who's going to be the fucking face of podcasting? But I'm sure it'll just be a fucking microphone. It'll probably be Marin. Marin Marin seems to have absorbed the face of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. But and I don't. I mean, honestly, I care less. It really doesn't matter. Part of that. It's nice to be part of something where it began. When I got into film, film had existed for years. I was just another spoke in a fucking wheel podcasting, we're all here at the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all there at ground zero. And the way they talk about old days of TV, they'll be talking about that shit in 20, 30 years. Like, oh, yeah, man, there was a time where these motherfuckers had 20 shows because you just realize everything's a show. Everything becomes very specific. You can just spin that off into its own interesting conversation that will find an audience. Thanks to, like, Twitter and the world of fucking uh, on the Internet, you just immediately throw it out there. And 50 fucking people to 100 people to 10,000 to 300,000 will eventually hear your fucking story of gremlins and what you would have done to the Mogwai had you been in the movie. That's, that's what it's all well, about. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the trick is to keep them on a plane so the time zone's always rotating so it's technically never after midnight. I never thought that's of that. That's a one. fast plane, though. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Oh, that's How can the other you get thing. anything going with a Mogwai in a fast plane? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't Mogwais think of it. don't fuck at 30,000 feet. No. They get scared. They're like, oh. Oh, shit. They're always going out the window. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Mogwai, too much responsibility. Yeah. Way too much. That's why they left him in Chinatown. There's like people like, I don't want this. Yeah. This thing, does it have a friend? <laughs> like, yeah, just get it. <laughs> Look at this old Chinese man. He is he is the only person capable of not feeding this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are just going to stuff food in its mouth. You must forgets. be a cruel man. He's like, nope, just a straight shooter. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is how this shit is works. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I keep it on a shelf in a store for the public mm-hmm. to see. Sure, it looks good. <laughs> oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> this old thing. Oh, that, that thing? That'll bring, a part, uh, bring forth the end of the world. So. This is the only thing in the shop that's alive. Can I buy it? Much responsibility. Crap pants rigory. Oh, I don't want to change this thing. Fuck it. And the whole movie yeah. ends, right? And like, I like how the guy thinks it's like, uh, yeah. The door-to-door salesman, he's going to be the one with enough responsibility. Yeah, like, like no one else had come in yeah, before no, that guy? No scientists? <laughs> Albert no scholars? Einstein walked in here once. Yeah. I forgot how to say no. But you, no. with the Pelzer something. <laughs> the bathroom and buddy. And toothbrush. The you are the buddy. future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy couldn't... <laughs> 
that guy couldn't put a toothbrush on a, f- a fucking Swiss Army knife. Yeah. I'm surprised that dude had a child because it's like, <laughs> how do you put his dick in something? He seemed yeah. very confused and flustered at all times. Yeah. It's just like the the, how the toothpaste misfired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was Hoyt Axton. Fucking right. Hoyt Axton. I always liked Hoyt, Hoyt Axton. You know, like you think about where you are in your career right now, where you began, how long you've been doing it. Sooner or later, we'll be Hoyt Axton's age, and you know, any one of us would be like. I'd suck a dick for one of them sweet Hoyt Axton rolls. <laughs> <laughs> we only have to be on the set for like 10 fucking days. Yeah, yeah. The crucial part of it. Yeah, if the they make more, the you're in. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then the do rest ever, is like fucking Phoebe Cates and the Okay, kids. do you ever look at famous people, like were people that were famous in the 70s, and then you think like they're still alive now, like, well, how are they making money? Like, because yes, yeah. there's no, I mean, people were paid well in the 70s, but certainly nowhere near, you what know, like, now, what it is now. Yeah. And so... All that money would have been like what? what, have, what you got to imagine all of them invested in real estate. Like that's where the money seemed to be. Like I, I, or or I don't know. Maybe there's a way that you could continue living off like your old accomplishments, really old. Accomplishments. They didn't, but like like what happened? If to, so I want to know how. What about the guy on Simon and Simon who was not Gerald McCraney? Like, did he save his money? What's he doing? Good is point, is he alive? Wait, Gerald McCraney was the one that married Delta Burke. Yes, and the other dude. Fuck, good question. What's that guy? He How was in Prince of Darkness. Was he? Yeah, he got something. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't count Prince of Darkness. Him. Well, Prince of Darkness was like, what, 88? Yeah, yeah it didn't like... do very well, but he got to lead in a movie. Like, you know that dude was like, one day I want to be an actor. And one day they were like, you're going to fucking lead a Simon and Simon. He's like, holy shit. And then one day they're like, you're going to be in a John Carpenter movie. He's like, what a big bucket of win. You can't expect <laughs> it to always be like that. Sooner or later, there's a hole in the bucket and shit. Yeah. Time yeah. ran out for the other Simon. I think they Where's make... my win bucket? <laughs> I left it somewhere. They all make money by going to those weird autograph shows. Yeah, that are like all of them. I think that's so. good to know, man. They that's, go to the Hilton. In that like, reminds me. Are, is anyone Catholic? Uh, I was raised yeah. Catholic, the but I'm no longer of Catholic. Like a purgatory, uh-huh. where they're like, look, if you sin and you're really bad, there's still like a get out of jail clause. They, the Lord could send you to purgatory, where you might be for ten thousand fucking years and be worse than anything you dealt with in life, but you will eventually get to heaven. That's that feels like purgatory to me. They're like, look, you may be sailing to the end of like nobody gives a fuck about you anymore, but there's one last stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Burbank at a hotel ballroom. <laughs> Simon and Simon Con this weekend. Well, it's just they would get like it's those weird, weird like periphery people that are just like did one episode of Star Trek and then they did like an I Dream of Genie guest spot. Yeah. And, and then there's the people in the world that shots. like they take it upon themselves to be the fans of the weird periphery yeah. people. And so then they're like, oh, I got all these things. You don't remember him? He had a guest spot in Morgan Mindy, you know. Such yeah. Do you remember? You, did you guys, you grow up out here? I, no. I, well, I moved out to L.A. when I was 16. How, where, where'd you grow up? Uh, mostly Memphis, Denver, Florida. Were you an army brat? No, my dad was a professional bowler. We moved to criminal. Might as well be. Might as well be. Yeah, exactly. a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, where'd you guys grow up? Hawaii. Okay, we Boston. Grew up Boston. So yeah. we didn't grow up seeing fucking famous people. No. Do you remember the first famous person you ever saw, like in real life, that wasn't on like a stage or fucking somewhere signing or something, just like happenstance by? Like I was in fucking Florida when I was a kid, Orlando, with my family on a vacation, Disney World. We were on those water mouse little boats that yeah, yeah, around yeah. the Polynesian village. We get off the boat, we're walking down the dock, and coming toward us is Peter Marshall. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Square. Ma- yeah, yeah, time. yeah. 
And it was it, weird. I've, here's a dude I'd seen on TV. And TV back then wasn't like TV now. It was like four fucking yeah. channels. So if you were on it, you were fucking, you were legendary already. Yeah. Even if you were just the host of Hollywood fucking squares. Not even one of the squares. Just the guy that said, <laughs> even the shitty, the shittiest shows in the 70s had more viewers than like some of the most successful Absolutely, shows on television yeah. today. So he walked past us. And, uh, and I, you know, of course, I'm a kid. I'm just staring at him because he's fucking famous. And my old man does this, like, pimp move, which I, like, still to this remember, to this day remember. He goes, hey, Peter. And he yeah. goes, hello. And I was like, you know Peter Marshall? And my dad's like, no, but he's just a guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. But it's so weird that he, like, the familiarity is like, hello, Peter. And it's because... He'd been in our house, like on TV and shit. Like, and then uh, Peter Marshall trips, and then a cyborg head rolls off. You're like, he was not a man at all. No, They're Peter, better than we Peter are. Marshall's just like, how much for the little boy? <laughs> and I was like, what me? <laughs> Dad, no. <laughs> Son, trust me. I'm trust put me. It in your Hollywood circle. <laughs> circle, not the square. Oh, That's no. my fucking my favorite story from that I from the Smodcast is you in Disneyland or Disney World just taking stuff Same from shit. fucking stores and your parents. Just being like, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Some morning fucking chocolate. They were like, we're going to send a check back to Disney when we get home. I was like, oh, what a great deal, man. <laughs> it's so, it seemed like, as a person who'd been raised on Little Rascals, you see that episode pay as you exit. Yeah. And you're like, well, I guess fucking that's what Disney's doing, man. We're going to pay when we get home. They weren't paying. They have, that deferred, like, they have that deferred payment program. <laughs> I, I I had I don't know why I had this weird flash that you're like so I was at Disney World and the first famous person I ever saw and then you said it was like Mickey Mouse but for whatever reason you thought that was real that yeah, was real I was like, like yeah I saw is, Mickey Mouse man. and like there he is I mean that's where you that's where you would go to see him I mean like he's right there and I walked away going he's so fake <laughs> what an I don't even remember I was because <laughs> so I, I would go to Star Trek conventions when I was like. Seven. Was, so my mom would take me to person? Star Trek conventions. No, because I just well, I would see them under the guise of a convention. Okay, so who was the first one there? You think who did you want to see the most when you went to a Trek convention? Uh, Jimmy Doohan. Scotty. Really, yeah. Scotty? Yeah. That was why? Why did you have a hard on for Scotty? Uh, he was the funny one to me, and I just thought <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. You're like, bring me to that Star Trek comic. <laughs> <laughs> he was the most avuncular of all of the, yeah. the of well, the original crew. Really the yeah. scenery yeah. more than the rest. Yeah. yeah, him and DeForest Kelly, I think, were my favorites. My parents were friends with Foster Brooks when I was when I was a oh kid. Oh God, man! So I uh, from the bowling circuit. Yeah, actually, there was this weird sort of Wherever crossover. Yeah, there was this <laughs> weird sort of crossover because bowling was like a cool thing for people to do at one point so a lot yeah. of celebrities bowled so my dad was like my dad was friends with like Glenn Campbell and uh, you know like Foster Brooks and all these cr crazy famous people just from bowling like that my dad was a professional bowler and so they saw him on TV and they would bowl with him sometimes and so it was a very I let it I let a very atypical like we spent a lot of time in Vegas and I saw you know, even in, in my earliest memories of like seeing Johnny Carson and Joan Rivers perform at the Riviera or fucking Tony Orlando and Dawn or you know, like like just my parents would what take me to like? shows. What Your list it? went downhill fast. I also saw Steve Martin um, live so in what, with Vegas. the arrow through the head. With the arrow through the head. Cruel Cruel shoes King Tut. Oh it was pre Lord. it was pre Cruel Shoes. It was between King Tut and Cruel Shoes. Right on. So like yeah, the guitar came down and the little uh the Egyptian headdress came on and he did King Tut. And for a kid that would be fun, but a Tony Orlando and Dawn show, I'd imagine. I was like, so fascinated by performing right. in general and comedy and everything that I loved every, I loved all of it. And it was kinda like a variety show, I imagine. Kinda it was like a variety show. Exactly, it's exactly what it was like. I wish I remembered more of the Johnny Carson show, but he did this um hungover teacher bit they were more like bits and like they were more like acted bits than necessarily him doing stand-up right 
Um, Doesn't it fucking blow your mind to think that probably the same amount of money he was paid to go to Vegas for is what you guys make to go to a club now? No, really? <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know how much that money, how much money they charged for acts back then? Oh, like, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind. Of, I mean, inflationary. Yeah, if you were going to do adjusted dollars, granted, it'd be way different. But just well, Gone with the Wind made three billion dollars. Exactly, <laughs> adjusted dollars. I'm tired about that. I'm so tired of hearing that. motherfucker is like, yeah, my cock is adjusted bitch, for inflation as well. For inflation. Sense. Yeah, it was. A, Isn't it was it weird. You part of something. You're all part of something, man. Something way big and whatnot. And. People will be talking about you for years to come. You People will be talking about you that you'll never even meet or know. And they'll come up to you fucking 20 years from now and be like, Vader pussy. Bitch. I don't. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh my God, I said that like once, 20 years ago. I just. I said it a few times. <laughs> I, I work that every time people are like, nervous. I'm like, Vader pussy. It'll take your hand. Vader pussy. Well, I, I just, I just want, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, for me, all the stuff that we're building is just, I just want to make sure that I keep being able to work in things that I actually care about. Right. And since television doesn't always offer those opportunities, I feel like, well, I have to make them then so that I can always do, so I can always get, be lucky enough to work on the stuff that I, won't, I care it's about. It's a farm team. I didn't think of that. It didn't occur to me. And, you know, I like to fancy myself a guy who knows where the puck's going to be and some shit you don't see. It's so obvious it's right in front of you. Um, all those shows, all the shows that you spin out and you put up there have the potential to translate to another medium as we're fast learning uh, in the world of podcasting now. So suddenly you realize, shit, we're not just doing this thing that we enjoy, building this kind of network, making our own radio station, whatever you want to call it. It could also be a farm team for something else. Sure. And that's why, like, there's... It's crazy. For a while, all the development money in this town went away. Used to be overall deals and shit. Yeah. You could set up at a studio, TV, right. shit. You sometimes set up an overall deal and never even get something fucking produced. For of course. Time and People were locked into deals and you couldn't do anything else, but then your thing wasn't getting produced and then you were just off the market. My friend, uh, I had a friend who worked on Seinfeld. When Seinfeld was done, he got picked up for like an overall deal for $9 million for like three fucking years. Mendel? Whether he produced yeah. yeah. <laughs> something or not, that always blew my mind. I was like, David, you're way more successful than me and fucking like, I I've been trying. He's just like, it's all luck and fucking yeah. timing and stuff. And we, you know, luckily we got to create the clerk's cartoon off that but yeah that's shit like that boys they don't do that anymore at all but what they're starting to do now is realize like as business starting to kind of wake up a little bit more and people are like all right the world's not falling apart there's a little more money here slowly slowly the economy comes back this is a machine and a beast that needs to be fill, uh, fed regularly. So this town is always looking for what's next, what's happening, what's new. Well, let's try to turn that into a fucking show. So suddenly there's now development money out there for fucking people with podcast networks. Man. Sure. Like you're in the midst of it right now with the Nerdist thing where people are like, here, man, I'm going to break off a bunch for you. Go fucking do what you do and let's see what happens. With yeah. It. It's a pretty exciting time, man. And it's, it, it's within reach of anybody. You know, it's like you don't even have to be like, these cats are very funny and whatnot, but... You don't even have to be funny to do an interesting podcast. Yeah, it helps to sit with somebody who's fucking funny, but anybody could do it. And suddenly you can wind up going from just chit chat with your friends to like literally opportunities in a world that you sit around watching. I like to tell my kid all the time, she watches like iCarly. I'm like, that's great, enjoy it. But I'll be honest with you, man, this is one thing I learned in life. You could watch iCarly or you could write iCarly. If you write iCarly, you're fucking in charge, man. And when you write it, it doesn't have to just sit in a drawer and go nowhere. We know people in this world, man. We'll push and try to do it if you're really serious about it. Like, 
Try it. Anything's fucking possible. Stop being entertained. Go out and be entertaining. We can all do it. And if that doesn't work, you just take her to downtown Disney and be like, fill your pockets. Yeah, yeah pockets. take shit. Like my parents taught me. <laughs> <laughs> Corporations slow. Weirdly, Steal from them. Weirdly, you learned a valuable lesson from that, which totally. is... Never open your own theme park <laughs> without lots of security. <laughs> Watch the little fat kids. I learned many lessons off of that. <laughs> They're thieves. They can hide things in, the, in those many layers they wear. That'd be funny if you were in the store like stuffing stuff in your pockets. You look over and Peter Marshall's there like, here, take this one. And like he's stuffing his pockets full of Mickey dolls. And I see him go talk to my father. How much for that boy? <laughs> Stop it, Peter Marshall. I, I know you said no before, but there was a minute of hesitation where I was like, maybe. I don't want this, It's dad. been 35 years I've come to collect. <laughs> Not with Peter Marshall, Dad. It's Marshall Peter. Uh, I never thought he'd come back, son. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, good Lord, man. Well, Kevin Smith, we're at the end of our hour with you. Pleasure, but uh, sure. it's always fun hanging out with you and, you know, on on Talking Dead or podcasts or whatever or your podcasts uh, you've done uh, you've done amazing stuff with the Smodcast Network and, and vice versa and I love what you guys are doing over here it's nice to kind of uh, be in the trenches with people that you're like you know you know how it is in this business you fucking tend to hate everybody <laughs> all evil pricks and you're competitive with them and shit but podcasting doesn't have that yet no like, it doesn't have it yet like, and you know granted there's like there's some big A-list names in it and shit but yeah, and I've I've run into a problem or two, you know. I've, I've, I've had a thing with Adam. And hopefully, we settled and stuff. But generally speaking, there's no enmity because there, we're not all jockeying for the same positions. Like back in the day, you had like Robin Williams and three other dudes who were like right under Robin Williams, who were like, "Fuck, man, Robin Williams is going to suck up all the work. Robin Williams gets the TV show and shit." But now there's room for everybody. Now yeah. there's room for like. Corolla does exactly what he does. Mark does exactly what he does. You guys do what you do. Smodcast and, and co. They do what they do and stuff. And everybody gets to coexist. And I've, I've, having been in film so long, I've found no backbiting here. In it's this just world. there's I'm too much exists, fucking energy. Like it's, it's you just sit there going, "Why be negative when I could just record another podcast?" Do you know why? Yeah. Especially because when you when you look at where we all are in our careers, we've had plenty of kind of getting fucked over in in our past or a lot of failure or a lot of like oh god this i thought this was going to be the thing and that wasn't mm -hmm. the thing number one i think we're all just appreciative and two we're happy because we're doing stuff that we love yes um three we're in the demographic of the thing that we're making yes. which means we really care about it and understand True. it think about that this is maybe the first it's why time it's difficult to engineer it's it's why it's difficult for a company to come along and be like well we're gonna make a podcast for our company like you know, it just you don't get it. You know, you just it just kind of has to be a natural thing because people can detect when something's full of shit, yeah. and it's, they will tell you. They want they want authenticity. I'm not even saying they want integrity. They just want authenticity, right? Like they just want to know that what they're investing their time in is real, real enough for them to invest their time in, man. Because they're like, I can waste my time any number of ways, so many different platforms. The eye of Sauron's on you, <laughs> Deliver right now or else. So, well, you know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to deliver at all times. Like, shoo, 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 the other thing, too, is that working in traditional media in, in the way that we all have, I feel like I've seen a lot of mistakes that traditional media has made mm. to that has led to its partial demise. I mean, I don't think, for instance, I don't think television in, in general, like network television, is probably not in any real danger anytime soon. But some of the lower lower end cable channels, as this sort of, you know, with the YouTube initiative and Hulu, and you know, like a lot of the big, a lot of the digital companies, web companies are making content. And as soon as that seamlessly streams on your television set, like 
it's it's cha- it's going to change. Just think about like uh, the network had a period where they had to readjust for cable for like the emergence of thousand not even thousand back in the day twenty other channels that offered more or specialized. Like suddenly there was a channel where they didn't wait till Sunday to do sports. We're going to do sports twenty four seven. Or what do you mean you can show tits on HBO? White? we can't show tits. What do you mean you can show tits? Man. So suddenly cable Dream on. came in and made network kind of nervous and whatnot. But now cable network has never changed. Like in the time that I've been alive, they've added one more really maybe. Two, if you count CW, right? But no been, one counts CW. Uh, well, you, know, you feel bad for him. <laughs> Bring back the WB. There it is. And you split them up, God. Yeah, UPN. I want them segregated. WB and what was the other UPN. One? UPN. Um, but you, the uh, the world of cable, man. Now there are so many specialized channels, and they used to go in there without rating or metricing themselves, so they could just exist. Like an IFC channel just used to exist because it was funded by somebody else. They didn't need advertiser dollars. But now even that channel gets rated as well, and they have to, like, deliver. Everybody's doing more original programming because it started happening, I guess, across all the cable operators for almost the same reason I think you were saying. The cable operators are like, we're going to start dropping these channels because nobody watches this anymore. Like, right. nobody watches. Like, in the case of AMC, they're like, this is a channel that runs old movies. Guess what? Everyone's got these movies, and they have Netflix now, so nobody's going to tune into cable to watch you know, Roadhouse yet again. They'll watch it on their own home device, so we're going to drop this channel. And AMC was like, oh, no, we need to do something to make ourselves relevant and make ourselves uh, like uh, desirable. The reason that they want to stay on the channel, and boom, that's how Mad Rubicon. Men oh, Mad Men, sorry. And Rub- they're like, first, we'll try Rubicon. <laughs> Mad Men, it happens, and boom, suddenly they're relevant. Suddenly they get to stay on the cable operator. Now every channel is doing that. Is that me? Yeah, it was. Every channel seems to be doing that now. Every place I went in the last few weeks, uh, like they tell you right up front, like, yeah, we get rated now. I'm like, yeah. really? You guys as well? So it's it's become very competitive, and and in the com- in the, comp- the competitive kind of uh, atmosphere, it's driven a lot of people to the fringes, and the fringes right now is this. The fringes is online, and... People still kind of dismiss online as like, oh, it's just a computer. Like, everybody has one, bitch. I bet you there are more fucking computers per household than TVs now. Well, yeah. It's a magic box. As soon as somebody fucking polishes Aladdin's lamp off and goes, holy shit, why were we trying with this? Like, they'll realize they have something as viable as cable TV was back in the 70s, 80s. People don't respect, this is sort of, I think, what, Part of the reason, or at least according to according to my dad, to tie it back to bowling, because why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> it's you know part of the when when people think something is too accessible or something they can do themselves, they take it for granted because they're like, well, that's not special. I could I can right. throw a ball with some pins. I could make a video in my bedroom. And the truth of the matter is, not everyone really can. It just seems like to make good content, everybody can. It it's just, just won't be as it thrilling won't be as, as yeah, what you've seen. Exactly, but you know it'll it'll change it because it's all it's all sort of folding together. There's this weird sort of like continental platelet collision that's happening with mm. television and 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 digital and, and digital. web content. So I mean, well, we're I mean, creating I say that, mountains. Yeah. <laughs> we are. That's what continental platelet. And you've been listening to a thousand <laughs> reasons we're so great. <laughs> <laughs> Do we just jerk each other off for sixty-seven minutes? But I minutes? think honestly, like when you you know you read Twitter as much as I do, the audience loves that. The audience wants to know how do we do what you do right now right and the more they hear about it the more you demystify it the more you give them figures numbers the, show them the lines that connect and whatnot then they can start following their own path and i just i like being suddenly we get pushed out of the business i what like being I positive <laughs> go away kids i like being positive i like being supportive and and you know like i, I like good entertainment and it comes from pr- like telling other people do this well i but i like i like supporting people that i care about and i like saying like 
hey, man, you're fucking doing a good job because, you know, I, not everyone is always willing to do that. And yeah. it's like, and this shit's hard enough that to not be, you know, at each other. But there's a real weird thing in our culture now where people think that negativity is more real than positivity. And it's like, it's not more real. It's just, it's it's of equal value. It's like, just more popular. And it's, it's also, it's the sexy and it's the easy laugh. It's way easier to always kind of go for the cut than it is to go for, uh, like, look, you can be, doesn't mean you got to be serious. You could be funny, but still be nice. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people that's just like, cynicism rocks. And that left over from kind of the 90s and held over through the 2000s. But I just think I, this I business know, is fucking. He seems to be the new thing. When you think about it, as a new industry is created in entertainment, this podcasting thing, the tone's going to be set by people that are doing it. And I've not met any vicious assholes. And I think it has something to do with, like, what you said. You talk about a bunch of people who are used to being told no getting close to the brass ring and then being told like, ah, oh, nobody really cares about it. Sorry. <laughs> um, just being there, almost there. And then it falling apart. They're used to dealing with frustration, rejection. So when you go and create something new, you want to leave all that behind. You're going to create for yourself an insular little universe that takes all that ridiculous away, the rejection, the negativity. So I think a lot of people are doing that. We're just kind of building fortresses of sounds ridiculous. and sounds very like, Tony Robbins, but little fortresses of positivity with inside the walls of which we can accomplish things that we can't accomplish just telling everyone else. Because the world just wants to tell you no, man. They don't want to see you try. It's like a hockey game. They just want to hook you and pull you back. Don't let you get near net because, God forbid, you do something that they could have done. Sure. But they didn't take the time because they were too busy sitting there just grousing about how you were doing anything. <laughs> right. Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when you're if, if you're if you're living in a shack and there's shit on the walls and you want to build a new shack, you're not going to go, well, let's put the shit up first. You know, you're like, let's just stop. Start over. Yes. Just make everything clean. If you're wasting your time with shit, man. It's just not. It ain't gonna. It's not gonna come about, man. You can't worry about what they're doing across the street, ever. You got to worry about what's going on, like in your own backyard. And and I've been movies for so long. It was always competitive. You're always just like you know, because there's a number you got to hit. There's a chart, a top ten every Monday when the movie opens and stuff. It's all these like you got to hit these certain levels and standards and shit. When they expect results, man, I'm not the guy. I'm like fucking. <laughs> I, I don't deliver results. I deliver not necessarily results. So I I like going to some place where they get rid of shit like that. I mean, I enjoy the fact that iTunes charts and shit, but I'm just like, don't fucking. Make it competitive for some motherfuckers. Just let it be what it is. A bunch of people jumping out there and kind of talking. I, that's what I like about it. As many podcasts as I've been on, people I've spoken to, it's you never get the feeling that people are like, oh, I'm only in this for the money, or I fucking hate this, or I hate the audience, or I hate you. There's a real love for it, for lack of a better word. A real enjoyment, a real appreciation for like, I can't believe we get to sit around fucking mics and chit-chat and stuff. And I think because of that, the world of podcasting and whatever springs from it, the various TV shows, movies, who knows what the future fucking holds. I think it'll be a more positive place than the fucking world it came from. Because you are dealing with a bunch of cats who've been rejected time and time again. And they're just <laughs> yes. like, I'm tired, it hurts. And I just want to be someplace where the rejection don't exist. And there's no rejection in podcasting. Because there's no like, you got to hit this fucking number. It's like, you see people like 50 people listen to my podcast. I'm astounded. And you see people going, 100,000 people listen. I'm astounded. There's no one bar. It's just like whatever you feel. If you're reaching out to five fucking people who get it, you, you're like, you feel like a king. You feel like fucking Shakespeare, Hamlet. You know, something like, well, Hamlet's a character. Shakespeare, fucking. Well, no, they had, Hamlet had a podcast. He did. It wasn't very good, though. 
His ham and hamlets. It was great. We talked about ham and pork. His father would come in, Mr. Piglet. <laughs> ruin everything. Well, this was an excellent, uh, an excellent example of enjoy your burrito, and uh, we have enjoyed this one, Mr. Kevin Smith. Um, you are uh, a com- hopefully a comic man will come back next year, but also uh, just with the Smodcast Network, and then also uh, Tough Shit is the book. The book, the book's how I get it. Now. Read it. It's very good. It's, it's very a, good. It's a little page the first turn. couple, so like I will it. say, the first couple chapters were very inspirational. Do they work? Very good. Yeah. Yeah, the first couple chapters are great. I was told by somebody yesterday, like, you shouldn't have included the first chapter. No, you like, shouldn't. I almost didn't get past your dad's balls. And I was like, that's an important part of the no, story. No, that's part, yeah, that is absolutely. And also just absolutely. like, that's the, I've always, in anything I've done, I've always, you can't just be like, this is for everybody. So you got to let them know who you are right up front. Because yeah. you don't want them to get in halfway to the book. And I'm like, by the way, I love to talk about cum, bitch. Here it comes. <laughs> you want to get them right up front. So and then you keep like, reading, and you're rewarded with Bruce Willis being an asshole. Yes. It's fantastic. If you can get past all that cum <laughs> in the first chapter, there's nougaty goodness inside, man. It's good just, stuff. Isn't that really just life, though? Get past the cum, and then the good stuff happens. Story of my life. If you can get past the surface, I might have something interesting to say underneath. <laughs> <laughs> if you could just get past the surface, that's how I got with that's the why, high school girls. That's why Please. podcasts are like the fleshlights Please of just, our digital culture. Just touch it for me. Just a second. I can do it, but just someone else do it once. Please. <laughs> I'm tired Please. of I'm tired of using my left hand or putting it in the freezer or <laughs> applying press-on nails. I use my left hand all the time. What? I'm a lefty. Oh. Well, there so you, you go. go from right to be weird. Like I this can't. is the strange. No, no, uh, Matt, that's it's why like I... playing guitar backwards. It fucking feels wrong. <laughs> really? Matt, you know, Matt you know had this... ambidextrous masturbation. No, can you? Yeah, double what? fisted it. Yeah, I can go back and forth. Oh my god, you're like bang, bang, yeah, yeah, bang, yeah. bang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Shifting that's from hip to alternate hip. picking. Matt had to string his dick upside down because he's a lefty. Yeah, that's how that works. You had to do this. I don't understand. I'm playing a left-handed dick. I'm playing a right-handed dick here. I don't understand. That's when you give it the old Frenchman's tug and you just go outward. It's like jerking someone else off. <laughs> oh. hey, enjoy your burrito, everybody. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here... You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.